Yes, indeed, there's a war going on. Lord God, we thank you for your righteousness, your truth, your justice, your mercy, your peace, that you keep us in these days, every day, normal days, hard days, these days, Father God. And you said, Jesus, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So help us to understand today that revelation of truth that we need to have to bring peace and freedom and hope into our lives, Lord God. We bind the powers of darkness, especially the spirit of fear and anxiety, depression, confinement, containment, all of the uh, bitterness and anger that goes along with it, the frustration, the depression. We bind those spirits, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, and we forbid them to continue their operation against the righteous. I thank you, Lord God, that you've promised us that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, no deed done, no action taken will be able to be used by the enemy to bring forth any shame, trouble, reproach. So we pray divine protection upon us, our families, those who work for us, pray for us, love us, And our health, everything that pertains to us, Lord, even the work of our hands, we give you praise that every breath we take is a gift from you, Lord God. We thank you for the promise, too, in Psalm 91, that no pestilence will come nigh our dwelling. So those who are fussing and fighting with pestilences within and without, Lord God, I pray today that you drive out those spirits of fear and uh, apprehension, Lord God, and that you resolve these issues, Lord, with your word, through your word. And we ask for wisdom now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, injustice. Yeah, yeah. In, what a word. What a concept. And the world is full of it. The world is full of it. Injustice, and, things and that aren't fair. And uh, years ago, a guy said, don't talk to me unless you define your terms first. Okay. And so we're going <laughs> to define some terms first. Injustice, according to the dictionary here, mm-hmm. means uh, that which is unfair, lack of justice, right? That's what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, unjust treatment of another. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also crimes which violate the rights of another. So crimes can be you know, all the way from you know Killing murder someone. To, to to gossip or where or whatever it would be. Mm-hmm. And then the word just means right, fair, impartial, lawfully right or proper. And we want to establish a couple of things here first. That first of all, that God is a God of justice. He is absolutely, perfectly just. In Psalm eighty-nine, fourteen, it says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. So God is a God of righteousness, mm-hmm. justice, and a God of mercy and truth. Yeah. He okay? cannot sin. He cannot promote wickedness. Um, in Psalm 8, um, or 7, I'm sorry, he says, we also have a lot of talking about justice, uh, um, he says, oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just for the righteous God. Test the hearts. My defense is of God who saves the upright. God is a just judge. God is angry with the wicked every day. It yeah. is wrath if he does not turn back. So God is absolutely just. God created this world. But uh, our world is full of injustice. Because it's run by Satan. Yeah. You know, I was thinking as you were just saying that, that, uh, and that the definition of justice, what is the real determination? What is the final uh, declaration, determination that, that defines what is just and not just is the keeping of the law of love. 
the final law, the rendition of all the Ten Commandments and every other law that has been ever produced on the planet is truly wrapped up as Jesus wrapped it up in Galatians where he said, love your neighbor as yourself. And so when there's an injustice, somebody's committing a crime against your your livelihood, against your health, against your moral character, against your physical existence, these are crimes against the law of love. But the law of love is not operating on planet Earth. Except through the righteous. Except through the righteous. And those filled with the Holy Spirit. those that are in the kingdom of God. So let me give you just an example of this in uh, Isaiah 59. Uh, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities, that is your lawlessnesses, Mm -hmm. right, have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity or lawlessness. Your lips have spoken lies, so lies and iniquity all go together. Your tongue is muttered, perverse, muttered perversity. Mm-hmm. No one calls for justice, mm-hmm. nor does any plead for truth. They trust in empty words and speak lies. They conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. And um, well, they practice idolatry and witchcraft and turning away from God. And this is the real description of the wicked, the lawless, the ones who do not have the love of God in their heart. And, go ahead. Yeah. And, and it says their works, last part of verse 6 in Isaiah 59, their works are works of iniquity. The act of violence is in their hands. Their feet run to evil. Mm-hmm. They make haste to shed innocent blood. Their right. thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they have not known. There is no justice in their ways. Mm -hmm. They have made themselves crooked paths. Whoever takes that way shall not know peace. And then uh, verse 9 says, Therefore justice is far from us, nor does righteousness overtake us. We look for light, but there is darkness for brightness, but we walk in blackness. The last part of verse 11, We look for justice, but there is none for salvation. But it is far from us, and uh, well, the reason for these things, you know, what what Isaiah is, is describing here, is a the population that is turned away from God, and the world is full of two populations. And just one, uh, two more verses here in Isaiah fifty nine, justice is verses fourteen and fifteen. Justice is turned back, and righteousness stands afar off. For mm-hmm. truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. So truth fails, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Yes, and, and doesn't it say in the end times that the love of many will grow cold and, and lawlessness will abound as the love of many grows cold? People are not loving themselves or one another. I believe part of that problem is they're swallowed up in the injustices. They're swallowed up in the the swill of the snake pit. And because, you know, these verses are real and absolutely correct and true, but there's also on the other side of that coin, there are innocent people like Job. And though Job suffered many injustices, I mean, talk about, you know, a pile of things that were accused, railed against him, set up against him, even by his friends, that Job was innocent and they accused him of doing wrong. They accused him uh, they said, this is God's judgment upon you. So there's a lot of confusion about justice, injustice, who should be applying Isaiah 59 to themselves and who should be applying um, the, the forgiveness of God. It, so if you are a righteous person or you have Jesus Christ in your life and heart, 
and you are suffering injustices, the the enemy may be like practicing wickedness uh, against you as he did with Job. Uh, and so it's hard sometimes for people to read the Bible because they, I, I've heard people say, you know, oh, I can't read it because it's it's so condemning. It's so um, un, up, unuplifting. It, it doesn't, you know, help me. It, it condemns me. So when you're reading verses like this, and I love those verses because they are a promise to the righteous as well, that God will bring justice. He's a just judge. He's a righteous judge. But these iniquities, injustices, wrongdoings, hypocrisy, um, uh, double standards, um, the, the plotting of Satan that's been ongoing since the garden that is now coming up into full measure uh, we're in that cauldron, we're in that crucible, we're in that place where this iniquity and indignation is rising to the brim. And when it does get up to the brim and full, full over, flow over, that's when God will bring his judgment and is bringing his judgment upon people. But for now and for us who are in this, caught up in this tangle, this mess, this almost feeling helpless and overwhelmed and, you know, oversaturated with wickedness, we need to know what's going on and how we, as the righteous, can walk in truth and peace and freedom. Yeah, when you think of, you know, injustice, okay, here's, you know, the most classic example of injustice was Jesus. You know, Mm -hmm. he was falsely accused, unjustly accused. He was abused, tried, you know, just kangaroo courts, right? One after mockery, the other, yeah. mockery, and he was killed by evil, unbelieving, demonically motivated people, and so have millions of his followers since then. Yes, he says so, if they so, hate me, they're going to hate you too. That's exactly the truth, right? So, so we're kind of the object of Satan's wrath as as the people of God, the object of his wrath and and and, and persecution. And Paul told Timothy, he said, all those who will live godly in Christ Jesus mm-hmm. will suffer persecution. Yeah. Paul also said, if I, if I tell you the truth, because I tell you the truth, have I become a prey? In other words, have I become a, an object of scorn and contempt because I'm telling you the truth? And I think this is, again, uh, there's such a, there's such a, everybody out there, all of us have a right to make a decision, to have an opinion, to chart a course, to use the information we have to uh, conclude things. And because we all have our own opinions and things, it becomes very muddled as to what is the real clear working of justice, God's justice, demonic judgments, um, the persecution of the righteous, or the, um, the ultimate fulfilling of God's wrath upon the wicked. All of these things are in the mix. And I think one of the most important things to understand is that this is our terrain. This is our. This is where we live. This is. We need to know how to navigate through personal injustices, uh, corporate injustices, uh, you know, uh, political injustices, world injustice. We need to understand who we are in the midst of this. And so, there are many religious organizations that are committed to social justice. Mm-hmm. In other words, we want to or socialism, socialism or social justice that uh, where you come to the place where you want to right the wrongs that are going on. Now we're called to be salt and light, mm-hmm. right? Yes, we're called to you know do what we can to bring forth justice, 
but we are not here to create heaven on earth. Well, we live in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Among whom we shine as lights in the world, yes. Yes, exactly. Well, the justice, the social justice, and you know, the advocating many of the churches have this do-good mentality of, of good works and making things fair for everybody and getting everybody the same amount of everything so everybody has the same opportunities to live on the earth uh, with the same resources and that's, you know, so nobody has more than anybody else. And I believe in the church that is God's desires that we would help one another, uh, supply one another's needs so that no one has lack. But at the same time, this thrust for socialism uh, and, and equity and fairness in a world that's filled with inequity and elitism and entitlement is not going to happen. This is not going to be accomplished through socialism or social justice or the church or the, or the green gospel or anything else. I mean, it's fine to do great good works and go on mission trips and, and serve the poor and pass out tracts and build houses and paint schools. And we've done that too. That's awesome. It feels great. But the thing is that that's part of what we should be doing that as a response to the Holy Spirit inside of us directing us to do these things. Because the justice will come when equity is and, and judgment come. Because when God brings judgment, the elite, the, the, the greedy, the con- those who hold God in contempt will be no more. And then justice will come. Freedom will come. Equ- equity will come naturally. And, and uh, resources will be restored uh, and, and people will be vindicated. We have to keep in mind that it's the hearts of people that need to be transformed. Yes. You know, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. If you have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit and, and love, the fruit of the Spirit that comes out of a person's life through the working of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit in that person's life, then there you will treat others well, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> and and you, you, will, you will not um, commit yourself or behave in an unjust, unfair, mm-hmm. cruel, selfish, yeah. greedy kind of manner. When And so we have to look but at that, yeah. our king. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this Probably. world. Mm-hmm. So we have to remember that. We have a kingdom that is with the kingdom of God right now is over everything. Mm-hmm. But there is a capsule of the kingdom of, uh, within the kingdom of rebellion. You know, in these days and when... So, yeah. Oh. So there's a there's a rebellion there from, you know, Satan is the prince of this world. So in well, that rebellion, in the midst of that rebellion, we are called as kingdom people mm-hmm, to, live to as shine as lights, lights mm-hmm. to make a difference in, in that world. And it is through the gospel and the transformation of people's lives mm-hmm. from the inside out. Well, that's right. The gospel can is the only thing that can transform our lives and make us able and stable enough to handle the onslaught of iniquity and injustices that are coming against us. And we know that this is going to ramp up. We know that until Jesus Christ comes back to take his rightful rulership uh, and the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our Lord and Christ, that we are, we're the downtrodden ones, we're the picked on ones, and we're not here to feel sorry for ourselves because actually you flip that around. We're, we are the, to be the mighty warriors of the kingdom of God. We're here to be the angels of uh, the, to bring light and 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 the, be the ministers of righteousness uh, to uh, ho- and bring hope to the people who are broken and dying. So, how do we do that when we for ourselves are being attacked with um, injustice? And one of the things, um, interesting enough, uh, I work with people who are you know suffering from a lot of different physical maladies and things. And I'm writing a book right now. Or 
rewriting a book called A Case for Healing. And, you know, the physical um, uh, body manifestations of injustices, things that have been internalized, things that are even generational, uh, the over-secretion of histamines, the, the physical reactions of the body to these things becomes... Uh, something that almost becomes very distracting to us. We're so taken up with our own health and how to manage our anxieties, and um, even though we're righteous and we know we love God. I mean, I've got people I talk to all the time. They love, love, love God, but they're 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 suffering from physical ailments and things that are rooted in injustice. And um, I, I, as a matter of fact, I had to look more closely in this book uh, at the case of Job, and in chapter twenty. Uh, Zohar is one of Job's friends who is re- reminding him that, you know, talking to him about his, um, actually about what's going on. I think Zohar is actually diagnosing in Job an over-secretion of histamines and a histamine reaction. Now, what exactly is a histamine for well, those that might not know about that? <laughs> histamines are uh, neurotransmitters that the body uh, creates to send messages to the body, through the to the organs of the body, the members of the body, the muscles. When something is dangerous or uh, dangerous or, or unfair or uh, you know injustices are dangerous, and so it's it's a secretion of a histamine. There's also adrenaline. There's cortisol. These are three of the main um, things the body does to give you more energy, more strength, more endurance to fight. And they ma- and they manipulate your bot your body. They manipulate your the muscles of your body, your the dial the, the uh, diameter of your blood vessels. They uh, the how your heart rate uh, is increased. So that has to do with the f- fight and flight? Right, exactly. It, it's, it's the adaptation to a dangerous situation. And because there's so many injustices now, and they're very dangerous, where our bodies are geared by God, created by God, programmed by God to fight dangers. However, injustices are not the kind of danger your body was created to fight. And then the other problem, like, for example, an injustice. I mean, you can fight a bear, you can fight a lion, you can fight, you know. But how do you fight the divination and witchcraft and the injustices of political systems that are just out to kill you? How do you fight that? I mean, that and that creates a a lot of undiagnosed anxiety. Well, I just put down here some common responses to injustices, Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, and I'll just go through the list here, and you can comment on whichever one you'd like, um, or all of them if you want. <laughs> anger, there's anger. It's like, mm-hmm. this is just wrong. This yeah. is not fair. Yeah. Uh, uh, bitterness, anger that turns to bitterness. There's fear. It can be self-pity. Um, you know, there was injustice committed against Elijah in First Corinthians, uh, First Corinthians, First Kings yeah. 19, and he just went and, and he just moped. He said, I'm the only one. And he prayed, God, just kill me. Yeah. He said, I just, after, he, this he was prayed, after Mount Carmel, after yeah, he pulled. He prayed <laughs> to die because there was a Jezebel spirit after him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but Je- yeah. Jezebel herself. So there's a, there's a sense of isolation. He said, he was, he said, I'm the only one left. He Poor says, me. I'm, I'm the mm-hmm. only one who's righteous anymore. Yeah. And, and and then there's frustration. That's called self-righteousness. Yeah. Self-righteousness when you think you're the only one left. Right. But uh, there's frustration. It's like, man, no matter what I do, it just things don't turn out right. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's discouragement, mm-hmm. of course. Depression uh, can come. You know, Elijah experienced that, as we mentioned. And, and just various kinds of suffering. And so, and then there's some other effects of injustice. Are you 
Okay, yeah, maybe we should. You've given me a long list. Of, I'll give you a long list here. I'll, I'll, I'll give you another Let's slower down. Uh, shorter list. Well, later. you know, I'm going to go back to Job and uh, the injustices there. Um, first of all, he this whole setup happened when Satan came before God, and God said, "Have you seen my righteous servant Job?" We know the story, and 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 Job and Satan says, "Yeah, well, you just give him everything. Let me test him." So God permitted Job uh, to be tested by Satan. And the first tests were tests against his family and his finances. So the injustices in a day, basically, he lost all of his investments, his la- his flocks, his servants, his uh, and his family. I mean, we don't know in one day, but it was like a very short amount of time. So here the guy is o- overwhelmed with how the loss of mourning, the loss of 10 children. Um, was it, I think it was 10, yeah. And, and, it, and all these things. Now, where do you start? And so in those days... They didn't have the book of Job to go back to. So they did not, he, Job, did not know what was really going on. So he thought, and the typical traditional way of rendering bad things happening was to, to, to people was that they were in trouble with God. They had sinned. So when Zohar came to try to examine Job, he says, you're holding these tasty morsels in your mouth. You know, morsels in our mouth, things that are held in our mouth are either words or um, uh, food. And so he was saying, you need to confess, basically. You need to you know, repent. You need to admit that this is the hand of God uh, judging you for for what? For withholding good uh, from the poor and for stealing houses and taking things that don't belong to you. So Zohar was a karma light. Yes, he was. He was just You're talking right. from the point of karma. the view of karma. Very good. Yes, he was, because karma says you do good things, good things will happen to you. You do bad things, bad things will happen to you. But it doesn't, karma cannot... Uh, you know, explain why bad things then would happen to good people. And that's where karma broke down here in Zohar's little um, report to, against Job. But so he's accusing Job of being uh, holding back in confessing sin. Um, and he has, he says, you have no quietness. And he was saying, look at, look at what's happening. That happened. So, so he's anxious. So the, th- the second thing, actually, I think Zohar didn't show up till after the second temptation. So I'll just back up and say it that way. So the second temptation, Satan went up and, and God says, have you seen my righteous servant Job who has not collapsed, has not caved into your, you know, your wicked um, plots against him to take his family, to take his finances? And then, then Satan says, oh, but skin for skin, let me touch his body. A man will give anything for, you know, to save his skin. And so literally then what happened is what we see exactly what's happening probably in your life right now. You have a big stream of injustices, things you can't explain. You're feeling, you're tempted to feel guilty. You're tempted to defend, defend yourself and you don't know what to do and you don't know if it's God, if it's the devil, if you're in trouble, if, what was my sin? And then the devil begins to examine you to help you find out some place you can uh, admit to some guilt that you already probably have been forgiven for because you repented of it, but you still believe you're feeling guilty. So now you um, think you are guilty, although God has forgiven you. So it's a big mishmash that Satan's trying to mess with you. But so the second temptation, now here we have Job. Go back to Job. He's sitting in his first uh, attacks of injustice and wickedness. And he had been a righteous man. He had been kind to the poor. He had helped people. And, um, and now he's now all of a sudden his body 
is starting to break down, just like yours probably is. You have an over-secretion of histamines. Histamines always irritate the skin. They come out on the skin. Mm. You can pretty much tell a histamine. Cortisol forms a a belly swelling around the belly, but histamine comes out as a, a, a touch on the skin, like irritations or boils or scales or eczema or scratchy, scaly skin, everything Job was experiencing. So Zohar is is diagnosing him as having an overreaction or over-secretion of histamines. But the other problem that I was not aware of, and maybe all of you know this, but I just learned this, that there are histamine-rich foods as well. Foods that you can eat that will that also create histamines in your body. And most of them are things like um, pickled, dried, fermented foods, things that are processed through mold and aging and fermentation, like, oh, for example, alcohol and uh, sauerkraut and pickles and yogurt and um, uh, dried foods that are anything that's processed or has gone through one process of of preservation um, and fermentation. And so as as Zohar is describing this, he says, you know, you're, you've got the poison of cobras, the, the viper's tongue is slaying you, you, um, you will not see the streams of rivers flowing with honey and cream. In other words, he wasn't, he says, Job, you're not going to be able to eat from the fruit of your labors. You're not going to eat butter. You're not going to be able to eat sugar. Um, you're going to be lactose intolerant. And I think these things, we don't have the words here, but these are descriptions of that. And so when people get uh, these over-secretions of histamines, it begins to create uh, it's an anxiety, the injustice, the original injustice, and then your body's reaction to it, and then you worsen it by eating histamine-rich foods. Then you create what we have, what we call food allergies. So now my list of what I love to eat and want to eat, it can't, it's uh, bacon, processed uh, uh, hams and things like that. You can't eat things because they create a, an overreaction in your body, in digestion. So he's saying his stomach is affected. And, and he says it's because this is a judgment of God because you did this and this and this. But again, Job didn't do, he was, though he was innocent of all of the accusations, he still suffered. And some of you may be truly innocent of the accusations that the enemy is making against you, and yet you may suffer. Now, some of those injustices I, I, I will ask you to look at your life. I, I know this for a fact because I do a lot of generational bloodlines. And, I, and I'm shocked to find out in how many of these people that have these food allergies and these, uh, they cannot eat certain things and, and they're anxious. They're super anxious. They're almost over the edge anxious. They're almost like nothing can pull you back. I mean, you're even so anxious, you're monitoring your own heartbeat and you can hear it ringing in your ears. Um, you, you're not one more thing. I can't do one more thing. I just, I'm out of, I'm over the edge. I'm, I'm going to lose control. I'm going to lose it. This kind of anxiety, hyper, I don't know, tension, hypervigilance, whatever you're going to call it, is coming from not only injustices that you are experiencing in your own personal life today, but from injustices that were committed against your family bloodline two, three, four generations before you lived. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> excuse me there's a so the you've got injustices that have been committed against you affect you affect you physically subconsciously you know, it affects you subconsciously mm-hmm. and even 
like I said, you might not be aware of injustices that have been committed. Some of them you're very much aware of. Mm-hmm. That was wrong. I mean, what my husband did to me, what my wife did to me, what my kids did to me, what my church mm-hmm. did to me. Uh-huh. Some of that is you know, it's real obvious. But then the, those other things that are back there, you you just how do you get to know what you, they are? You have to. Yeah, some people don't have any idea well, what, what's back there. But can you can you look at the symptoms? Yes, exactly. And then mm-hmm. detect what has what injustices occurred back in generations absolutely. past. Absolutely, absolutely. And you'll find out that this it's a pattern. Um, like for example, if you have been a victim of uh, uh, embezzlement or the loss of an inheritance, which a lot of people are, they're mm. ripped off of their inheritances. It's a very common thing where someone comes in at the last minute, some uh, second wife or some uh, you know, new husband or some... Um, Greedy family member. Yeah, or I mean just yeah. crazy things that are happening to you and if you, whatever you see, like you said, if you ever, whatever you see going on, you pay attention because it didn't just come, just didn't start now. It's coming from a pattern that Satan has established in your bloodline. Um, and, and I, I was talking to someone yesterday and, uh, you know, this happened in their bloodline three generations before her. And, you know, the thing is, what happens is we don't understand that sometimes God preserves a little bit of information or brings you a little information, a little clue, a little piece of the puzzle. Maybe you go to someone's funeral and all of a sudden an old relative tells you something that, oh, I didn't know that, you know, so-and-so, you know, stole the house from our family, blah, 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 whatever, Um, whatever. And so you begin to see that, whoa, yeah, I just lost my inheritance and three generations ago, my dad, my grandfather lost his. So it's like, Okay, now let's put this together and realize this is an injustice. Now, when these injustices, the problem is when these injustices are left on the on the table, there's no justice, no resolve, no bringing it to the court of heaven. Then it, it, Satan is allowed to permit it to go on to the next generation because he just re re traumatizes, re infects, re afflicts you over and over from generation to generation with the, th- the same things that he did with your your people before you, and he wants to do with your people after you. He doesn't color outside of the lines very far. He's very religious. He's very legalistic. And so, um, so when you see this, when you start to look, wait, just stop, just look back. What happened to my mom, my mm-hmm. dad? What happened to their parents? Um, okay, so did they put money in the bank and back in the depression? And did the bank collapse and, and they lost their, their life savings? And from that on, they could never uh, own a farm or they could never, um, all they were was uh, tenant farmers or renters or poor or whatever, whatever. And did that just injustice or maybe someone back in your bloodline uh, was murdered? And took a father away from a family, which caused the family to become impoverished, which because of that now, you know, you're you're still suffering from the lack of that grandfather who was, the peg was pulled out of the tent. The tent blew half down, and now you're still living in a messy tent where there's, you can't seem to get your act together. These kind of injustices that we're talking about will, will um, manifest in your own body, though, the, though you don't maybe know what they are, your body and the spirit know what's going on. And the, the, and so your body is beginning to tell you something. Why am I allergic to food? Why can't I eat pickles? Why, why Sauerkraut pickles are supposed to be good for your digestive system, you know, probiotics. So looking back into our generation's past and paying attention, really paying attention to what's going on there, 
It's not for the purposes of blaming. It's for the purposes of understanding. Under, uncovering and, 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 and resolving. And, and yeah. resolving. Understanding and resolving. Mm-hmm. Because you're not just going to be a, a helpless victim no. of the sins We're of the victorious past. More than Congress. And so here's the problem. When all of these injustices and in, inequities and things that are not fair keep raining down on the righteous, on the children of God, how does that bring glory to God? How does that make God look like a, a righteous defender of the poor the, and the innocent? Um, it, it, it makes God look, Satan makes God look bad, like a mockery, like an impotent, um, false promising weak God makes false promises. But the, the, there's some spiritual dynamics that we need to understand here. God wants to judge. He says, God is a just judge. God is a righteous judge. All of these injustices, you can, those people three generations ago that did all this stuff are dead. And what they did is that the mark of it, the the ruin of it is still here, but they're dead. But you are still, interesting enough, a representative of that bloodline because you carry that blood in your blood system. All of the thousands of people that had to live and die and marry and have kids for you to get here, you carry all of their blood. We carry probably their DNA. Their DNA. Hundreds of people had to live and die for you to get here. Okay. So you're a kind of a mixed matched mess of whatever, but awesome and, and, and specifically made and created by God. To, to do a certain thing. And one of the things I believe this end time generation, this last generation or three, two, three generations that are here is to bring, if you want to bring justice, then bring the, the crimes to the court of heaven. For example, um, if you see in your own life, you're, you're um, being ripped off. Your body is overreacting. You have food allergies that you shouldn't have. God has given us food to eat, bread, um, honey, um, uh, milk. He's given us these things to eat. And if your body can't process them, you see what's going on body. What's, what is the spiritual thing I need to be doing here to understand? And it will come up to be injustice. It's also another thing. Uh, inflate inflammation is a symptom of injustice. Bodies who are inflamed, upset, angry, infuriated, those red kind of diseases that, that, uh, fire through the body when the anger from the injustice is swallowed, it becomes bitterness, and that bitterness then burns, 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 burns in your joints to create arthritis. It burns in your stomach to create indigestion. It burns in everywhere it it it's it's can in your gallbladder, and so um so both inflammation and um food allergies and over secretion of histamines because bring these kinds of physical symptoms. So what do you do? What do you do? First of all, you ask the Holy Spirit to show you what it is, what's going on. Um, and, and once he shows you specifically, um, or as much as you understand it and you ask for more revelation and you can get that, but he show you that these people r- ripped off and then you watch comes down the bloodline. Okay. So they, three generations ago, they lost their, their home because of a horrible murderous event. Then, then the, the children that come up out, out of that household that now they're losing their inheritances in almost the same way. Inheritances and injustices can come. A lot of them come through the breaking of a marriage covenant as well. You know, when people lose their inheritances through, you know, a covenant is a promise that what I have is what what I have is yours and what you have is mine. And when we break that covenant, uh, we betray one another. Um, 
children suffer. So we see the marriage covenants are also an open door for uh, loss of inheritances, divorces, things like that. You go back and you name the people you know and you forgive them. And when you forgive them, that doesn't mean you say, okay, you that was fine. You could rip me off because I'm a Christian and I can take it. No, God doesn't say we have to do any of that. He says, he says, I want justice. I want vindication. I want validation for you. I want the restoration. So you bring your, the crimes committed against you to God, to the court of God. You forgive the person. You turn the crimes over to God and you release it to the court of heaven so that they will remove the demonic judgments, the enemy who keeps using this as his justification to keep coming down and stealing from you. You forgive them and ask God to restore uh, the, the 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 inheritances. Now, one of the things a lot of people do is they do forgive. Okay, God, I forgive. What does that mean? I don't know. It means like, a, but a lot of people can't forgive because they don't feel like they're forgiving. It's not a feeling. It's an act. It's a fact. You you do it as an act of obedience. I choose to forgive. I release you from my judgment. Forgiveness means to release from my judgment to turn it over to God's judgment. And one of the great acts of faith that we can commit is. Trusting to, God, trusting to, God to bring about justice. Amen. Because amen. vengeance is mine. Because there's that mm-hmm. temptation to get. You know that people say. Some people, have, you know, the old saying, "I don't get mad, I get even." Well, we're not here to get even. Mm-mm. You know, vengeance is That's mine. Hard on us. Mm-hmm. I will repay, says the Lord. So we have to commit uh, the keeping of our souls mm-hmm. and the, and and commit these things to the Lord that He will bring about in His time and His way the right thing, the justice. Mm-hmm. And, and and the restoration of peace. And the restoration of peace. And, and joy. And really, a lot of times, what we, we cry out for justice, and what we need more is mercy, mm-hmm. grace, mm-hmm. love, and truth. Mm-hmm. See, in the midst of an unjust world, we just, oh, God, give me justice, but I don't see justice anywhere. Ultimately, that will come, because every one of us will have to stand before the the, the court of God, the throne yes, of God. Yes, absolutely, all so, by ourselves. So, but in the meantime, yeah. we are living in the midst of injustice, a world filled with injustice. We we are in more need of God's, as I said, mercy, mm-hmm. grace, truth, deliverance, power, mm-hmm. and love. Mm-hmm. We don't really need justice now. We need the grace, power, love, truth, deliverance, well, we we Love need to, we need right we now. need to the the peace of knowing that the justice of God that God knows what happened and I believe that God wants to deliver us even in this day when we can't afford to carry any extra heavy burdens He wants to deliver us from anger and anxiety because anger and anxiety are the two things that will do you in and keep you from the peace of God and cause you to become overwhelmed with the uh, injustices and the and the so please. Uh, seek the Lord, stay in the word of God, read the Psalms. There's many Psalms there where the, the psalmists are crying out for justice, for God. Um, they're ordinary, everyday people that seen that knew they need, needed God's intervention, in, and we do too. So um, keeping that in mind that we have uh, God as our righteous judge. We have God, Jesus Christ, as our faithful witness. He was there. He saw what happened. When you go to the court, you can ask for the testimony of Jesus Christ, who saw what happened, who can correct these wrongs, and to take this fear out of you, because it's it's eating you up. 
it's killing you. It's, it's keep, it's weakening you. And in these days, we cannot have any excess baggage of resentment or bitterness or anger or fear or anxiety. We need to, to travel light and, and go forward as the, the ministers of righteousness and truth. Well, let's pray right now. Lord, forgive us for the anger, the bitterness, yes, the fear, the self-pity sense of isolation, frustration, discouragement, yeah, depression, hopelessness, and the suffering that that we have experienced because of injustices maybe that we have committed against others and that others have committed against us. Yes. You know, we we just thank you, Lord God, that you forgive us, set us free from this, that we will live as holy, gracious, merciful, kind, loving, truthful people in the midst of a world of injustice. In the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Trusting that you will bring the ultimate justice one day. Yes, that we will see your glory and your kingdom come with justice, with restoration, with um, uh, the restoration of dignity and health and healing and hope. That your kingdom come and even now through us let your kingdom come. In our mortal bodies, Lord God, these are still the temples of the Holy Spirit, and you want them to be well, you want them to be strong, you want us to know our God, and so we want you to um, do your work in us, uh, to heal us and cleanse us, Father. Yes, we release that healing mm-hmm. and that health yes. of spirit, soul, and body for each of us now. Yes, in amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, and have a great week. Cause there's a war for your soul.